or something. I can make a sandwiches. I just want a break. Let's take a well, break. Actually, I've got a, I've got band practice here in just a few minutes, so we should probably finish these if you want to. I mean, can't they just wait for like a half hour? No, they hour? can't. They can't just wait. Are you guys I told them that I, No, we're not cutting record, but I'm not going to just I'm not going to just ditch them so I can have a sandwich with you. I told you that I would help you with your vocabulary words, and that's what I'm doing. Wait, what? You're leaving? Why are you getting no, so I'm mad? Just, I'm getting right so now. mad because you keep taking advantage of me because you know how how I feel about you, Tyra. You do it's like like it's nothing, and then and I just let you. So. Wait, where are you going? This whole thing, I, oh, are you serious? Have you have you ever read the book the uh, the Giving Tree? Uh, yeah, when I was like five. It's Why? about it's about this tree who loves this boy more than anything, right? And the boy just takes and takes and takes until there's absolutely nothing left but a stump. And I'm like the tree, and you're like the little boy. You just take and take it. There's, there's, there's absolutely nothing left, Tyra. That's exactly what I feel like. Just, a, just a stump. Because this, this is, this is not a friendship. You're selfish. You, you it, it's not a friendship. Okay. Landry. Okay, so Sarah, um, had you heard of the Giving Tree before? Nope. That's not something like I've ever heard of. Did they make it up for this episode, or is it actually a legit book? It is actually a legit book. So huh. Never heard yeah. of it. I would yeah, recommend just looking for it. You know, you could probably find it on online, just the, at least the basic synopsis, but it's just a, a very short children's book. And... You know, Landry in this scene gives a very good summation of what the Giving Tree is all about. So, um, I, I love this scene. I love this scene because I think, I think it's a it's a scene that was necessary for for both uh, Tyra and Landry because we've mentioned actually many times I think about how. Tyra kind of takes advantage of Landry, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I think there's a lot that goes on in this scene in the following scene with Julie and Tyra as they're walking down the street, and we'll get to that in a minute. But both Tyra, or both, I'm sorry, both Landry to Tyra and Julie to Tyra in, the, in these respective scenes, they either express the sentiment of how advantage or how she takes advantage of Landry and then Julie kind of backs it up, you know, with that's kind of your relationship. You know, this is what happens. You know, he worships the ground you walk on and, you know, in exchange, you know, he gets to be seen with you. And it's 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 kind of sad, but it's true. And I think remember early in the episode, um, we had multiple people trying to tell Landry, like, this exact thing of basically that he's the giving tree 
more or less. Um, and he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh, when Tyra came and, and asked for Landry's help, uh, when they were at band practice and then, uh, he went over to help her and her mom comes out and says, Oh, Landry, by the way, you know, could you, you know, fix the, the gaslight or whatever, you know, like you have two women who are kind of sniping at each other. Cause I think, I think they, uh, Tyra and her mom were kind of like, I don't know, kind of being mean to each other in that scene, it felt like. But when they were both talking to Landry, it was all sweetness and light. Mm-hmm. And you have two people. They both want something from him. Right. They, all, they both want things from him. You know, every time he's over at the house, Landry half the time is spending his time with Tyra, and the other half of his time is spent fixing whatever uh, issues there are in the house, whether it be a pilot light or. Uh, the sewage is backed up and, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's whatever. It, it's just this laundry list of things that need fixed around that house. And so her mom and Tyra are both taking advantage of Landry's kindness and, you know, just, that's just who he is. Uh, but in this scene in particular, it's like he has enough. He's had enough. He, he sees Tyra. She's bored. She's like, wants to take a break. And he's like, look, you know, I got to go. I've got things to do. You know, I got to go to band practice. I got a life. Yeah, I can't. And I think what's really great here is that Landry is starting to show, I think, a, a backbone that we've never seen before. Exactly. Now we've, right. Now, we've seen him once or twice before uh, that scene at the dance where he kind of walked up and said, hey, I, I I'm not going to let you basically run my life. And if you don't know what you want, then you've had your chance. I'm moving on. And that's great. But this is a little different because it's not about their romantic relationship. It's about, it's about her. It's about their friendship. Yeah. It's about their friendship. It's about yeah any kind of relationship whatsoever, whether it be friendship or romantic, it doesn't really matter. It's just about respect. You know, yeah. the respect you have for another person and how Tyra has a lack of respect, you know, for him and his time and his needs uh, because she knows how he feels. And so she takes advantage of that by extracting, you know, whatever she needs in that moment. And so the giving tree um, was a great way of kind of illustrating that. And uh, I found it to be quite apt. Sarah, why don't you uh, jump in here with your thoughts on this scene? I thought it was great. I mean, the analysis was perfect between the two of them. Uh, I loved seeing Landry finally just... It's kind of a moment where, like, she could get mad enough at him that she won't ever talk to him again. He's still okay with it because he's he's had it. You know, he's not being respected. He has nothing left to give her because he's getting nothing in return. Uh, so it was great to see him just stand up for not just, you know, their friendship or whatever it may be, but for himself. Like, we don't get to see him stand up for him very much. And I really liked seeing that. Yeah, I think that it's uh it's an like I said before, a necessary step forward for both characters because it illustrates the importance of Landry in Tyra's life. Um not because he can give her something. You know? It it he is uh, important in her life 
or should be important in her life for a variety of reasons and not because of whatever what of what he can give her in that particular moment or any moment you know it's not about oh well i'm gonna cozy up to landry today because i need help with my math homework uh tomorrow I, i'm gonna cozy up to landry today because um i need a ride to the football game whatever and you know not it's talk like, to him for a week yeah. right it's 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 like um it's like that friend that you have you know at school and they never they never come by or say hi to you or anything unless during whatever conversation you're having they're asking for something you yeah. know like you it's it's just one of those unfortunately uh, relationships which is more parasitic and i hate saying it kind of is you know it um, is. this is this isn't a symbiotic relationship that we have going on here where it's a give and take like any normal relationship but i'm not you know talking about the transaction of sex here um, i'm talking about you know just the give and take of um two people who enjoy each other's company and you know there's a a nice um symbiosis there between the two of them uh, tyra takes 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 and as landry so eloquently puts it he's just a stump now and so he has nothing left so um yeah and really she definitely scene. needed to hear that because i don't think she's ever ever been told that you know she's selfish and just takes and that she's ever done anything wrong you know, from a guy guy's perspective i'm sure girls have told her that but no guy has probably had the balls to tell her that <laughs> well no of course not landry uh being you know amazing and one of the best guys on this show um best people on the show um you know he's the only one willing to say that but he has a he has a place to say it because he's been through so much with her yeah. you know um he has that right you know yeah she's been like, through the ringer <laughs> yeah well you know a lot, a lot of, well a lot of the stuff that she's been through is her fault now outside of the, the rape obviously that that wasn't her fault uh but a lot of things that have gone on with her she has she's made the choices that have led her to hard moments where like, like take her most recent breakup with cash, right? Had she just used her brain a little bit and, um, thought things through what's best for me in my life, not what's best for me now, because I want this, you know, she never would have gone with cash. She never would have put herself in a situation that she was someone that she barely knew. She barely, you know, she barely knew Cash when she went down with him. Yeah. Um, and the result was, well, what we saw last episode, right? So, I mean, on one hand, I'm not, I'm not putting, like, I'm not putting full blame on her. Like, oh, Cash, you know, I understand Cash had a lot to do, to do with that. But you've got to be smarter than this. You've got to understand, you know, the, the choices that you make. And the ramifications that it has on your life. And the problem with Tyra is that she, as smart as she is, she's never been, I think, introspective enough to really analyze herself in such a way that she can see the mistakes she's making or see the mistakes that she's going to make if she keeps going in the direction she's going until it's too late. And um, I think regarding Landry, she's never really given truth like a real true thought to what she's getting 
and what she's taking from Landry as opposed to what Landry's getting from their relationship, which is honestly not very much. Just getting know? to be in her presence. <laughs> well, right. And they used to date or they had some kind of relationship going into season two and then they broke up, you know, before the the season truly started, they were already broken up. So, you know, uh, they had been dating, I guess, or they really had some kind of relationship, whatever that might be. Yeah. But, but that's been over and done with for quite a while now. So, yeah, this is, um, and this is good. So let's, um, let's keep following through with this, this, uh, storyline here. Um, so then Julie, uh, and, yeah, Julie and Tyra have that that talk walking down the street, and that's when Julie kind of reaffirms what Landry said. And Tyra, wanting to prove a point, manages to get uh, Landry and his band, the Crucifictorious, uh, a gig for the weekend, <laughs> and or for Saturday, and um, that's to you know to prove that this isn't a one sided relationship, which. That it's completely underscores it underscores everything, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like it's just a band aid to get her by in their relationship. Like that's the start. You need a lot more than that to get even with Landry. Like he's done way more for you than just getting a gig at a bar, that is sleazy small bar. Like seriously, right? It, yeah, one moment of. I wouldn't even call it altruism because it's not. I mean, she she's going to get his band a gig. Yes, it it's good for them, and um, you know, on short term, they're very appreciative. I'm sure to have that opportunity, but she's not doing it randomly out of nowhere just because she wants to do something nice for Landry. It's the what undermines this whole thing is that she's doing it to prove a point as opposed to doing it for the, for the right reasons, you know, to just do a good thing for Landry because she cares about him and he wants his band to be successful. Like it's to prove, Oh, Hey, I do good things for you too. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it works. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, um, so then, uh, we jump forward, right? Uh, we have them at, at the gig and this is towards the end of the episode. Now, before we get here, let's jump back actually to the beginning because you know the whole thing started with Tyra being like way behind, and Julie's like, "Hey, why don't you get Landry to help you out? He doesn't have anything better to do." And so Tyra goes to the to the band practice and kind of interrupts the whole thing to ask Landry for help. And Landry, you could tell there's a part of him that doesn't really want to accept. You know, mm-hmm. but he's kind of, ha- you know, he has to, or at least he's he compelled feels he has to. to. Yeah. Right. And so after she leaves, the band gives him a hard time because they're all looking at him and, and they tell him what he eventually comes to accept, which is you're, you're just, you're whatever she needs to be. You know, she, you're, you are whatever she needs you to be at any given moment. And. And he's like, oh, no, you know, he's kind of like, whatever, no, 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 you guys are wrong. Uh, But then, you know, we see it kind of like things fall into place and he kind of like realizes. So though we go through all that stuff. We get to the end of the episode. Landry's up on stage. Uh, 
the band actually sounds pretty good you know, and we've heard this band and they've been terrible you know it's a vast improvement it's a vast improvement and so julian matter there and matt is so scared before they start to play he's expecting the worst thing you've ever heard and instead it actually turns out pretty to be pretty good yeah and uh Julie says to Tyra, um, Landry looks pretty cute up there, doesn't he? And her response is, yeah, he does. And the look on her face is, well, it, she's seeing him in a different light. And I wanted to talk to you specifically about the end of this episode because on a lesser show, and if it wasn't for the context that we can put this scene into because we understand their relationship and having nearly three whole seasons to see how this is played out and all the ups and downs and the nuances and all that. I kind of want to lay, wanted to lay out my, why I like this end scene and why I feel it's so believable. And I want to see if you actually, you know, mm-hmm. if you agree with me or not. So I get to the end here and she's like, oh, you know, yeah, he does look cute. And she's looking at him in that that look, which is, oh, gee, maybe there's something here. Now, some people might watch this scene and kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, yeah, of course. Now she suddenly likes him again, right? But I think the reason that this works for me is because it comes from – it comes from the one aspect of their relationship, which I think has kept them from truly giving their relationship a real chance. And that is respect and being on equal ground, equal footing. So I think if I look at their relationship in retrospect in your seasons past, the one thing that I think has held Landry back and has held Tyra uh, back from really committing to their relationship in such a way where they're both equals in the relationship is uh, that Landry has never stood up for himself, not really. And we just talked about how he's done that. This is a this is a Landry with a, with a real backbone now. This is a Landry that is saying to, to Tyra, you're being selfish. Uh, I'm not going to sit and follow you around, around like a little puppy anymore. Um, I'm perfectly willing to, to leave this relationship and I'm okay with that because if you're not going to give me respect, um, I'm not going to, not going to do anything. I'm not going to have it. It's just, you know, goodbye. See you later. Um, whatever, you know, Uh, I'll find somebody, I'll find somebody else, you know, and it's it's not just that. I think it's she's she sees him on stage and yeah, of course I think she, she sees him and she sees him in an attractive light, but I think it only works and it's only believable for her because he's now on equal ground with her. He can leave her or take her, and I think that one decision that he's made and in, in really telling her how it is has put him in a different light in her eyes. So now Landry isn't just some guy who's just in love with the ground that she, you know, walks, it wasn't worship the ground that she walks on. He is somebody who really cares about her, truly loves her. But if she isn't willing to, to accept him and uh, respect him, then 
whatever. You Adios. Know? So, so what, did you, do you feel like that's correct or do you see it in a different light? I think that's pretty accurate. Like, one person could take it as like, oh, he's socially accepted. Now he can be seen with me and I can be seen with him. But due to their relationship in the previous seasons, it's definitely more of like, he's not obsessed with me now. Like, there's love and there's care, but he's not somebody that's going to fall apart if it doesn't work out. I'm not scared to hurt him or fight, and I can have respect for somebody who's willing to fight back and actually stand their ground. And I think that's kind of what's going on is that he's that person now and she's not scared to, uh, for him to break. She's not fragile anymore. She, he can take a relationship with her kind of look. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's, I think that's about as good as we can probably put it. Um, but I think that's pretty fair assessment of the relationship and where they stand at the end of this episode. So yeah. it maybe they'll finally be able to take baby steps towards actually being in a relationship now, you know, um, a real relationship, one built on being equals and neither one, well, especially Tyra, um, feeling like, I don't know, I'm trying to think the word, how I want to phrase it. I think they can enter into a relationship now where Tyra doesn't isn't going to feel embarrassed by Landry. Not the, not that I feel like she ever should have, but you know, it's high school. It's you know, it's stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Um, where the unimportant aspects of people, uh, or the the most of the time, the un- unimportant aspects of people, um, get blown up and they're made into their defining aspect of who they are. And I think Tyra kind of let that apply to Landry uh, a little bit too much over the last couple of seasons um, because she way too often was kind of embarrassed to be with him, you know, if they were out in public and they were truly together, you know, as a couple. So, um, yeah, we'll see how how this goes. But uh, this episode is actually pretty... um, interesting it's really about parents and their relationships with their kids Uh, we see a few different examples of this in this episode i mean outside of the like the landry uh entire stuff and the julie well i guess not really because the julie and matt stuff is really tied into it so we didn't see grandma saracen and we we didn't see matt's mom in this episode they're completely mia um but a lot of the focus was put down to Matt and Julie, and they actually uh, are found out in bed <laughs> by by Eric. Uh, so we have that and Tammy. So Eric and Tammy have to deal with the ramifications of finding out that, that Matt and Julie are sleeping together. We also see uh, Lila and the kind of implosion of the relationship between her and her father, Buddy. Yeah. Uh, because of mistakes that he's made, right? And then we also have the McCoys and uh, each one of them, the parents, uh, dealing with with uh, 
uh, JD's burgeoning relationship with a acute redhead in uh, high school and how each one of them has a different viewpoint of the relationship. Um, and so we have three separate stories here and they're all about parents and their kids. Uh, most of them are about like the kids are doing something they, you know, one of them or both of them perceive wrong and how they deal with it. The only one that's flipped or flipped is the Lila buddy or buddy's the one that's, that's done the stuff wrong. And it's Lila who feels more like the grown up here instead of the kid. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that. Um, so why don't we start with, why don't we start with buddy and Lila? So, <laughs> Uh, the beginning of this episode has Buddy at the landing strip. Of course. Uh, he's there on... Right. Right. Of course. Um, he's there at a business meeting. Uh, he has invested $70,000 into a strip mall. <laughs> and the guy who he's invested the $70,000 with, the guy who he's apparently known for some time, has told him that the whole project has gone belly up. Now, this is a common thing where somebody will come to a person who's got money and they'll say, hey, you want to get on the ground floor of this investment deal? We're going to build whatever, a strip mall. And you're like, okay, fine. I'm going to put $100,000 into it. Well, six months later, you find out that uh, the whole thing went belly up. Now, sometimes that just happens, but most of the time, what really happens is the person that has asked for all this money has actually taken and run with it, or they've just spent it all. And then they mm-hmm. they come to the original investors and they say, hey, sorry, it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's basically what Buddy feels like has happened here. He's probably right, because the guy kind of looks a bit shady, you know. Well, you're having um, a business meeting at a strip club anyway. Like, it's not very professional in the first place. No, it's not. And that kind of, I think, underscores the seediness and everything that, that the whole deal is kind of built on this, uh, you know, meetings in the, in the landing strip. I mean, probably the whole thing was probably struck here the first time anyway. So, yeah. um, so buddy in a rage, um, gets into a fight with this guy ends up causing apparently 30,000 in damage and beats this guy's face to a pulp. Uh, and then he gets thrown into jail and uh, Eric goes to talk with them in jail. Uh, he tells them, hey, look, you're not going anywhere. They're keeping you here overnight. So, you know. Uh, so Tammy, after having a conversation with Eric on the phone, and when she finds out what's happened, uh, she goes over and tells Lila what has happened with her father. And uh, so then she has well. to go. Oh, it's awful. And and credit to Tammy for for offering their house as a place for her to stay, you know, while this whole thing plays out. Yeah. Tammy's really just, she's so motherly. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. I, I, um, a side note, I really liked the, at least momentary interaction between Julie and Lila in this episode. I don't think these two characters have ever shared a single line of dialogue. I know. I can't remember. Like, it, except for uh, maybe in season one at like the uh, milkshake diner place, but that's it. Maybe, and that that that's maybe. I don't know. Who knows? It, it's if they have, it's not been much. Put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
so this is really, it was really cool, you know, because I kind of see them confide in each other a little bit um, when they're sitting on the on the beds and uh, Julie confides in Lila, you know, what happened when Eric walked in and saw her and Matt in bed together. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. And I did, I liked it. I don't think we'll get to see uh, that again. So um, it was pretty cool, at least for a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Lila uh, has to see her father get arraigned. He pleads not guilty. Uh, ultimately, he has to pay back all the, all this money, you know. Rightfully and, so. Huh? Rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. Um, so there's conversations that Buddy has with Eric, uh, but they, on the whole, are not that important to this episode. It really comes down to Lila and her father. So once... That are back at the apartment, and I, I guess Buddy's been let out on bail. I, I think, so he tells her what really happened. Uh, first, he tries to kind of gloss over it with, "Oh, we just had a deal, and it went belly up, da da da." But then he finally admits to the truth, which is he took the money from her college fund that you know he had set. He and her her mom had set up when she was a baby, and had used that money for the investment because he was a bit short on cash. The business, the car business hadn't been, hasn't been doing very well for a while. So this was his way of trying to make some quick cash. The problem is it went belly up or the guy stole the money, whatever, and the money's gone. And so therefore the money put away for her college tuition is now gone as well. And rightfully so she storms out of the apartment and goes to Tim's place. Yeah. Like that was just, that's the worst. One of the worst things you can do is just steal money from your child. Like that, yeah, you have to be a certain level of a piece of shit to do something like that. That's pretty awful. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. I mean, come on, it, it's ridiculous on so many levels. Um, because it, it's selfish. It's selfish because you're just taking that money and doing what you want with it. And you're not even taking into account what effect that could have on their future. And it, it just it hurts, uh, I think, to see him so callously take that money and just do what he wants with it. Um, so, of course, he follows her, eventually comes to Tim's houses at night, and he pounds screaming on the door. Screaming outside. Oh, screaming. Just screaming. Knocking, you know, people were probably sleeping. And uh, he's pounding on the door. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I'll bake the whole neighborhood up. I don't care. So, Lila gets up and she goes to, to the door, opens it up, and uh, we get this scene. What do you want? What I want is for you to come home. This is no excuse for you to play house with your boyfriend. But you're going to lecture me on morals? Honey, we can work this How out. are we going to work it out, Dad? You're $20,000 in the hole for tearing up a strip club. What are you going to do, rob a bank? You know, you're acting like a spoiled little brat. Excuse That's what me? you're doing. A spoiled little brat. Now, you are old enough to know better than this, Lila. Life is complicated. It's not a bowl of cherries. And right now, your mother is out there in California no. bleeding me. You don't blame this on Mom. You're the one who cheated. You're the one who threw your family away. And I was the idiot who stuck with you. And you don't dare call me spoiled. 
what? We've been putting that money away since I was a baby. You said if I made those grades that it was mine, and you didn't even ask. You just do whatever you want. I wonder why everybody hates you. Lala, I'm not through. Do not walk in there. Don't what? Get back out of here. Lala! Hey. Yep. Tim Riggins, I'm gonna talk to my daughter, young man. Not right now. Tim, who the hell do you think you are, son? That's my daughter over there! You need to go. Please. All right, Sarah, what did you think about this scene between Buddy and Lila? Loved it. I love seeing Lila get pissed at anybody, but this her father truly deserved it. And to, like, add salt onto it, to call her selfish and accuse her of playing house with her boyfriend when he's a middle-aged guy living in, like, a one-bedroom apartment and only one daughter stayed behind and talks to you, like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I was just like, I would kick your ass. Like, <laughs> you're being such a dick. Uh, but, God, yeah, Lila, she, the actress is amazing. It's saying words so sharply and so angrily. She does such a good job. I'd be scared of her. <laughs> she is, like, 90 pounds, but I'd be terrified of her. Uh, it was so great. It was a great scene and just really great acting too. Like phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, Minka Kelly has really blossomed as an actress as this series has gone along. I think you could rightly uh, be a little critical. I think of her acting, maybe the first season uh, maybe wasn't quite on par with some of the other cast members, but I think as the series has gone along her, her acting has really, her acting level has really increased, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because she can take command of scenes in a way which I don't think she could have done in season one. Uh, I think, A, because that's her character wasn't, I think, written in such a way where she often had a lot of leverage in scenes to kind of do something forceful. Um, but I think more is just about her chops as an actress as, um, definitely grown so uh, I agree I, I think this scene really illustrates to Buddy or it should illustrate to Buddy that um, he's really just an overgrown child um, yes. an overgrown teenager and when your daughter is being the grown-up in this situation when she has all of the leverage and all of the the logic and the points on her side because how is she in the wrong and this at all she's not you know this isn't about life isn't fair this is about you know doing things callously and wrongly because you want to do them and not thinking about it the effect it has on other people and you could argue that what he did with her money is is really no different than you know him cheating on her mom and she brought that up you know, she said, you're the one that cheated. You're the one that ruined our family. Uh, I'm the one that stuck by you, the idiot that stuck by you. Um, and I, I think for Lila, this was, you know, the last straw. This was, hey, look, I stuck by you when everybody else left and went to California. I could have done that. You know, I didn't. And what I get for it in return is my dad taking my college money and doing what he wants with it. You know, so this isn't about being fair. This is about... Just doing what's right. And unfortunately with Buddy, 
most of the time he doesn't do what's right. He just does whatever he wants to do because he wants to do it. And this should be his lesson, the lesson learned that there are long-term ramifications for your actions. Uh, he should have known when his wife, you know, divorced him and moved away with his two kids, two other kids. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't stick. And I'm hoping that this mistake that he's made is going to be one that will provide him, like, with a catalyst for true change. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm hoping that that's the case. I like that the giving tree analogy doesn't just apply to Landry and Tyra. It applies here, too. Like, Lila's just a stump at the moment her father's just taking everything including like her future so she's out <laughs> yeah yeah uh i also like at the end of the scene when buddy goes to get you know in the house and and tim opens the door and stands there and you know says you need to leave not right now you know please go like Very you know, tim, right he's not he's not you know tim's not being a dick Right. He's um, he's showing respect, but he's being firm. It's not about Buddy tries to Buddy just tries to kind of force his way, not to not force his way in physically, but he tries to, to be the, the adult telling the kid, like, how dare you uh, tell me what to do kind of tone of voice. But, you know, Tim's not trying to be, you know, a jerk here. He's not he understands what's going on. He's what he's more or less telling him is, look, you need to go. You need to let things blow over. Maybe talk with her in a few days. Uh, but right now, this is not going to be beneficial to you at all. So, leave. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to JD and his parents. So, crazy, uh, crazy father. Uh, right, and uh, we'll get to that. Um, Boy, I, I kept groaning as this episode went along with he, any scene with him. Um, all right, so so JD, um, he seems to be growing a little bit. Um, he's more talkative initially in this episode, as you see early on in the in the uh, car with the guys. He's you know he doesn't just sit there and stay quiet. He's you know he's starting to open up a little bit, you know, and um, you know he. The girl, a girl comes up to the car and informs all the guys in there that there's a, a party that Madison, uh, his, her parents are away. And so there's a big party at her place. And so we jump to, to the scene, uh, of the party. JD's in there. He looks over. Madison is, I mean, I don't know. Sarah, what eyes do you think she's throwing at him? I mean, is there, is there a term we can use, uh, for this? Sex daggers, like, uh, just putting out the I'm available eyes. <laughs> I was going to call it, you know, fuck me eyes. You yeah, know? very um, similar to that. Because <laughs> it's, it's more or less, it's more or less that because it, it, it's pretty blatant in this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. I mean, it, okay, so they see each other across the room. Uh, he goes over to say hi. He's, you know, shy, you know, and that it's, you know, cute and all. Um the new Bambi. Right. <laughs> and uh, so she's like offering him an Appletini. He's like, look, I don't drink. Uh, he did once. Didn't work out too well. So he's not about to reprise that again. 
And he so. shouldn't have an apple teeny because he'll just get his ass kicked by the other guys, though. Right, right. Um, it's shots, beer, or nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so she offers him milk. And the way that she's framing every line is just sexual innuendo to the extreme. <laughs> no um, You know, she, she gets him a glass of milk um she gives it to him he drinks it you know he's she's like oh there's a little milk on your lip and she wipes it away i mean put it this way you would have to be the iq of a rock uh to <laughs> you'd not have to have a nail coming out of your cerebellum not to understand the signals <laughs> yes yeah even a even somebody who does not understand um the signs that girls put out there, you know, uh, would not be able to <laughs> ignore those ones. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, you know, she wants him. He seems quite receptive, uh, understandable. And so they appear to be getting into a relationship and she comes by the house and asks for a JD. Uh, her, her parents or his parents answer the door. Um, now we have two we have two parents and we have two different parenting methods and i think just two different viewpoints really when it comes to their son we have uh his mom who just wants him to be a normal kid date have fun all that stuff and his father it's all about football 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 so he tries to stop her from going in the house and her mom's like his mom's like oh just going up you know and so she's like, oh, I'll find my way. And this leads to him having a conversation with JD on the basketball court and implores JD to just drop the relationship because they're only a couple of games away from state. So, Sarah, what is your take on this whole, like, the whole storyline in this, you know, this particular episode? What do you think here? Oh, God, I just think his father is just so insane. Like, it's also kind of just, like, the reversal of the parenting roles, too. Usually the mother is, like, I want my, like, different motives, but usually I want to, like, protect my son and not have him go off with skanky girls. But she's, like, go whore it up. <laughs> Do whatever you want to. <laughs> Where the father is, like, no, 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 football. Don't don't think about other girls. <laughs> so it's really interesting. But his father is just nuts. <laughs> like, and I was surprised they were even playing football, or not football, basketball, and not football, passing a ball back and forth. I'm like, wow, he lets you put, have another sport to recreation with. That's amazing. Mm. What did you think about his mom? Like, what do you think about her and how, he, you know, she views JD, the prism, you know, through which she views her son and everything compared to the father? Oh, well, she just, like, sees this kid that's kind of... She knows, like, her husband controls him, and she wants him to be normal and to, you know, do something else that's not football and have, have a life. And, I mean, his, his father's just... He said, football, football, football. And she's being a good parent, but I think she's being a parent for both the father and the mothering role. Because... Like, his father's not really being much of a father. He's being kind of a Nazi coach that just dictates what he does and uh, what he can do with his life. It's just insane. Uh, yeah, so I agree. I mean, this relationship is just nuts, uh, I think, to 
tell your your teenage son um, to no to not to not date anybody. I, Especially I mean, when you're the quarterback, like. <laughs> Right, and like his father tries to in, intimate that you know, hey, she'll be there at the end of the season, and maybe she will, maybe she won't. That's not the point. The point isn't whether or not she'll be there. It's that, you know, while the football stuff is, I understand its importance, but at the same time, you got to let your kid just be a kid. You know, like let them get into a little bit of trouble. You know, like you know, not breaking, you know, eight state laws or anything kind of trouble, <laughs> but you know, just. A little bit of trouble is fine, and I mean, if he wants to go out and and date some girl, and that fine, great, wonderful, you know. So yeah, exactly, like it's women yeah, it's, have a life, <laughs> right? You gotta have a life, uh, because this football, football, football thing is great, but at the same time, it puts so much singular pressure on him that he has no way of letting loose. He's so wound up, so tight. He's starting to unwind a little bit now. Now that he's yeah. found some level of acceptance with his teammates, but then something like this goes down and he's forced to break up with her and, uh, which he does. Right. And so they give him, you know, crap for it on the bus. So it's like, you know, two steps forward, one step back, you know, with his, his team. father is hindrancing him from being a good leader and being somebody that his teammates can look up to because they just see somebody who's daddy's boy and can't do anything for himself. Correct. So he breaks up with, with Madison. Well, he, whatever, puts a stop to whatever they have going on, it, you know. Uh, so uh, they get on the bus and and Tim has a little chat with him and essentially tells him that if you want to have the respect of your team, you got to start making decisions for yourself and not letting your father make the decisions for you. Um, because out in the field, you can't be looking to your dad. We got to look at you. You're our leader. That's it. So that leads to a scene where we have his parents are in the bedroom. That's when his mom finds out exactly the um, the uh, the scene where he told JD to uh, stop, you know, pursuing this girl. So that's when she finds out what he said. She gives him hell for it, right, rightfully so. He tries to take up his stance uh, on it. And when she goes to the window, looks outside, she sees um, JD getting into the car with Madison. She could and be a little more subtle about this yeah, either. Yeah, she's obviously not a master of subtlety. But uh, so <laughs> like, he picks. Yeah, go ahead. Do something. Take your top off and distract him. <laughs> like right. give your kid a chance. It's like because your husband's crazy enough that he's going to go after them or something. Right. Well, he picks up on it. Obviously, he goes uh, immediately to the window. Sees you know him. Him and uh, Madison leaving together, and so that leads uh, to him calling his son a little bastard. So, you know, what a nice father. Right, what a nice father. Like, what does she see him like? She had to have just married him for money, and is now enduring like the craziness that is her husband. <laughs> I can't see, understand what she sees or saw in him. Uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. Right. No it's idea. I, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with this, you know, moving forward the storyline because uh, obviously this has got to have, you know, this got to lead to something. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So so let's move on to I think what what really is the the real crux of this episode, <laughs> of course, and that is the the both the relationship between Matt and Julie and 
because Matt or because Eric walks in on the two of them in bed together, uh, the the everything the kind of the fallout that that kind of exists because of that. So uh, early on, at the beginning of the episode, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, that's right. Tammy calls Eric, or no, that's when Eric calls Tammy to tell her about what happened with uh, Buddy, and and she informs Eric that uh, she was supposed to pick up uh, Julie at Matt's house at six, and so Eric instead has to be the one to go pick pick them up, um, pick her Probably. up, or him, yeah, pick her up, and so he pull, he pulls in, he parks, he gets out of the car, goes into the house. You hear a scream. He walks straight out of the house, walks over to the car, paces a couple times, gets in the car. Julie comes out of the house in quickly attired. Uh, mm-hmm. Really uh, fast. Yeah, she really throws her stuff on quick and comes out of the house, um, gets in the car. So, of course, that is traumatizing for a parent. Uh, I can't imagine walking in on your child in the midst of whatever they were doing. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> Has it ever happened to you? That you've ever been walked in on? No, no, thankfully. No. Uh, you? No? No. No, okay, good. Close, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> really well, quick. Yeah. Uh, quick thinking. Um, <laughs> no, and good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every, every parent's worst nightmare, um, just like it's every kid's worst nightmare to walk in on their, their parents. And and so, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, a tra- it's a lifelong traumatizing moment. <laughs> It, it kind of crystallizes yeah. in your brain for life. Um, like Eric's gonna, Eric's gonna be traumatized for life. <laughs> right, right, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, you know, Eric actually holds off on telling Tammy actually until that night. Uh, they're, you know, they're doing their their like pre bed routine. Right, Tammy's in there getting ready. Da da da. <laughs> Eric's just sitting on the edge of the bed, staring in the distance. He's not even paying like- attention to what's going on. <laughs> Like, he's experiencing, like, PTSD or something like that. Like, it's just, like, he's going to be mentally scarred forever. <laughs> just kind of trauma sitting with him. Right. Right. So, um, Sarah, why don't you take take the reins here? What happens, you know, uh, in this storyline moving forward? And we're going gonna to introduce that clip, too. So go ahead and introduce it when you want to. Oh, I like that uh, he's just sitting there. She's just, like, doing her routine, and he just looks like a ghost, and uh, she's just going about her thing, and then suddenly uh, he just, like, uh, so I went to pick up Julie, and I walked in on her mat having sex, and she shoots up and out of bed like no one's business, and there's a line I really love out of them, though, that, uh, Julie, or, Julie, Tammy wants to go talk to Julie, and Eric tells her, like, you better know what you're gonna say first. And I love that line, like, yeah, like, that's smart, and I love their relationship, um, mm. but yeah, and then we get to have, uh, Tammy, you know, come and talk to Julie, because God knows Eric isn't gonna touch this one, and uh, but, the, but isn't there a... like isn't there like first like uh they first talk in the morning and doesn't he first th- like yeah it's the morning but they don't even actually talk it's just like yeah we're going to talk talk oh that's right yeah okay <laughs> yeah and uh, 
uh, once they I think they get home and Lila's there, I think it's when right. Lila's there and um, she actually gets to talk to Julie on the couch and have a good talk and we'll let you guys listen to it right now. Would it be all right if we had this conversation now? Yeah. So, um, do you love Matt? I love Matt. Does he love you? Matt loves me. He does. And what about birth control? Mom, I don't want to talk about it. And that's the conversation. Yes, we're using birth control. What kind specifically? Condoms. We're using condoms. Do you know how to use them properly? Yes, I know how to use them. You know you have to use them every time, right? Because sometimes boys try to no, I tell know you that you don't need them all the time, but you do. That's really good about it. And you know that, you know, just because you're having sex this one time. Doesn't mean that you have to all the time. And, you know, if it ever starts feeling like he's taking it for granted or you're not having, you're not enjoying it, you can stop anytime. And if you ever break up with Matt, it's not like, you know, you have to have sex with the next boy necessarily. Why are you crying? Because I wanted you to wait. <laughs> and that's just because I want to protect you, because I love you, and I want to make sure that nothing bad ever happens to you. <laughs> and I want you to always be able to talk to me, even if it's something so hard like this. I didn't want to disappoint you. <laughs> so yeah, pretty pretty great talk. Um, <laughs> like at first, I'm like a little pissy, but like when yeah, Julie's giving like the eye roll and just kind of giving the teenagery thing. But when it actually gets real and they're having a real talk one on one with each other and. It's really great scene. What do you think of it? I love this this scene. I think it, it goes about as well as I think you could ever hope to have this kind of conversation with your son or daughter, you know, um, because it is as painful for the parent as it is for the son or daughter, <laughs> you know, um, unless you grow up in a household where subjects like this can come up on a regular basis and it's okay, you know, where you've already kind of formed this um, atmosphere where you, you could just talk about whatever and it's fine. Uh, and some, there are some households out there like that. Um, mine wasn't one of them, uh, <laughs> as most aren't. But uh, I think this is about as well as you could hope, right? Because initially, right, Julie kind of does the eyeball thing, but I think it's it's less about being teenagery as it's about such an, a level of being uncomfortable that it's the only way you can kind of uh, illustrate how you don't want to be there in that moment. And so, mm -hmm. uh, but 
you know, I give credit to Tammy here in this scene because she stays calm. And, she, you know, I love the way the scene starts out when she says, you know, do you love Matt? Does Matt love you? Um, and then she kind of goes through, you know, like if Kay, you know, you don't have to do this every time or if he's treating you badly or, or you know, whatever. It's like you don't have to do it. And if there's another guy after Matt, you don't just have to do it with them. You know, like and, and I love like. Connie Britton's acting in this scene is just sublime. I mean, this is like this. This is like the screener episode you send in uh, to the um, Academy for you know consideration for her acting you know nomination or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she she kind of builds up, right? She first starts out calm, and then as she's going through everything, like you can see, like the the tears, like the just the the eyes get moist you know and there's a point where julie like because then she asks are you guys take you know protection birth control oh condoms you know do you do you know how to use them properly so she goes through this whole litany and then when julie asks her you know why are you crying i love the response uh, this this is such a great writing here which when she says you know why are you crying she said you know i don't know because i wanted you i wanted you to wait you know, and also because I, I want you to know that I want you to be able to come and talk to me about anything like this, even if it's difficult, like, like this is, and has a great shot of the two, like her holding Julie's hand. And Julie says, when she says, I didn't want you to be disappointed. And I think yeah. that goes to the heart of every difficult conversation that parents have with their kids the reason that they don't have it and the reason the kids are so scared is because they think their parents are going to be disappointed in them and so they'd rather not they'd rather not see the, the disappointment on their parents face in them and you know so they'd rather just not see it and not have the conversation as opposed to having it and possibly seeing it just the possibility frightens you um i love this scene anyway sarah what, what do you think of this Oh, I totally agree. It's such a fantastic scene, and yeah, they're acting. I mean, like, once Tammy broke, Julie broke, I broke. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Uh, what a great scene. It's so emotional, and it makes you completely feel what they're feeling. Um, and it's incredibly well written, that it's very authentic to how a actual conversation would go as a parent of course you're gonna ask like you in love are you using protection yada 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 and also have just a moment where you just come have this really deep moment and get to talk to your daughter freely and openly like it's such a beautiful scene and i totally agree with you send this to the emmy people like <laughs> this this scene needs that emmy mm. yeah I mean, I, I guess what I love about the scene really is just the build-up uh, to understanding where each person is coming from. It, it's like in this scene, Tammy is so many different emotions at the same time. She is, yeah. There's there's disappointment there. It, there's no doubt, you know. It's it's not a disappointment. I'm, I'm so disappointed in you, kind of disappointment. It's just disappointment. In that one possibility is now completely out the window, right? Um, she can't now just suddenly make it disappear. The, the, the fact that she's had 
you know, sex. So, you know, the possibility of waiting, of having Julie wait uh, longer is now gone. So that's the disappointment. Um, and then, of course, there's, I think, a resignation there, you know, in, in that scene. She's resigned to the fact that her daughter is, you know, now sexually active. Um, and, and all of the possibilities that could come with that, um, planned or not. Uh, you know, and I think there's just fear, um, but also a certain amount of, I guess, warmth and pride that, that they're able to have this conversation together because the conversation ends with them embracing and crying, you know, like that's when I, I mean, not, not that I feel like every conversation with your parents should end with with tears and a hug, but (laughs) there are far worse things it could end with, you know? I mean, if I had to pick, uh, I, I think ending with tears and a hug, tears of, of shared, a shared moment, um, and just joy in that you've been able to have a talk like about something difficult. If I had to end a conversation in any way, I don't think I'd be totally opposed to that. So I just love that it ended with that way with them because it, it, it let the, it let the conversation and the scene end and let us know that they've become even closer and stronger because of this, you know, as opposed to, you know, what could have happened, which was fire and brimstone talk from Tammy. And then Julie <laughs> slams, you know, screams and slams the door and, you know, you know, goes to mats or whatever, you know, like the yeah, Lila buddy prefer- thing. Yeah, exactly. This is much preferable and way more closer to what would actually happen, you know, in the Tammy Eric households. And uh, speaking of Eric, though, his like very small conversation with Matt out by the barbecue was just like the most tense moment you've ever seen on this show. Uh, that that grill will look like you could take it into the store and sell it like it's brand new. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, he was just taking his anger out on that grill. It's <laughs> just like, I'm sure he's envisioning putting Matt's face into the grill. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you can see in Matt's face, like, he's keeping some distance between him and that grill. <laughs> like, I don't want to die. <laughs> Well, what did you think of their, I mean, I guess I really can't call it a conversation, right? Because it was basically Coach Eric just looking at Matt and saying, uh, you know, I know that your dad is away in Iraq, but if you were here, we could both agree on one thing, which is, you know, women are to be respected. And then he says, that's my daughter. End of discussion, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you don't respect her and you make her cry. Your face is going to be in this grill. Basically, <laughs> just terrorizing him. Yeah. But rightfully so, that's what the dad's supposed to do. Oh yeah, come on. <laughs> that's 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 why you know the kind of cliche thing is when the the first boyfriend shows up to your door, um, you're sitting out out on the uh, porch with a shotgun and a beer, um, yeah. <laughs> because you know. <laughs> That, that will be my husband. Right. <laughs> like a thousand percent with like a gun of some kind. <laughs> Just to meet him. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. It gets the point across. You hurt her. I have a gun. 
Enough said. <laughs> I have medieval torture tools in my basement. Want to come see them? <laughs> um, no, I'm good. Yeah, so uh, that kind of... I guess that kind of ends that. That's really the, the way this whole thing plays out with Julie and everything. Uh, I, I just I love all of the different relationships and how we kind of contrast how the different par- like the parents deal with their children in different ways, right? So the McCoys are completely different people, like fire and ice, um, oil and water, and their views of JD. And how that's going to affect him as a, a child is to have one parent that just wants him to have fun and another parent that just wants him to be all about business and football. And then you have Lila, who's the, the adult uh, in this relationship with her father because, you know, he's the one being irresponsible and doing what he wants. Uh, not that I feel like any kid should or any teenager should just do it, but if you had to pick which one's the adult or the child based solely on their um, decision making in this uh, episode, um, without knowing the characters or the names or anything, you would you would think that the person making the bad financial mistakes is probably the the teenager, <laughs> and you know the one being all like sensible is is the uh, the adult. Well, it's flipped, and then of course you have you know. Tammy and, and Eric and I love how they dealt with you know Julie's relationship it scars Eric of course but they they didn't storm into her room they didn't lecture her they Eric let Tammy handle it because he knew that she was better in this moment about all of this and oh, so yeah, she, yeah. So she let him, she let her do it, or he let her do it because it was, it was what was needed. Um, they handled it about as well as you could ever hope. Uh, if you find out that your, your child is sexually active, like <laughs> I think the important thing, like Tammy said, was that you can come to me about anything. I need you to know that. Um, I think that's an important lesson for any kid. Like go to your, like if you have anything that you, you, you have a, Anything you're, you're questioning, any issue, like don't feel like you're you're gonna be embarrassed or that your parent will be disappointed, um, because if they're receptive at all, they will, they'll just be there, you know. And uh, I just I like yeah. that. So yeah, it's true. Uh, when I was a teenager, um, uh, me and my friends went out to this party that was way out in the, like the middle of nowhere. And uh, my parents were cool. They dropped us off and just said, like, if anything happens, you feel free to call us and yada, yada, yada. So we're out at this party and um, this stupid girl, she put up posters for her party at her church and 200 college kids showed up to her place and trashed her parents' house like, lit fireworks and stuff in her parents' house, kind of trashed. Mm. And it was just, like, the scariest thing I've ever been a part of. I'm just like, my dad had just gotten back to the house, and I called him, like, yeah, can you go pick me back up? <laughs> like, this mm. is pretty scary. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. Yeah, it's good about it, though. <laughs> no lecture or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's, that's great. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um... I guess that's it for this episode. A really good episode. Um, why don't we get to our final thoughts and do our grades? So, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and do that? 
So, yeah, this is a pretty great episode. Um, I love all the variables and how they also kind of intersplice with each other in certain aspects. Uh, everything was greatly written, phenomenally acted. Um, Tara and Landry, like, that's the, the relationship I have been rooting for for a very long time and want to see happen. And I'll be really pissed if they get, like, back together and then come the next season's like, ah, oh, we broke up again. I'll be like, no, I'm out. <laughs> like, I have been waiting for this. <laughs> this needs to happen. Uh, but, yeah. It, anyways, the uh, Tammy, Eric, Julie, Matt stuff is just phenomenal. Like, that's some of the most best... Pr- best written stuff this season. Uh, I love it. I love it a lot. Um, JD, <laughs> uh, bless that kid. I, I think he's grown a pair and actually standing up for himself with the help of, you know, Tim's guidance. Uh, I like to see that. Um, yeah, like, I can't, I don't think there's anything wrong with this episode. It's pretty perfectly written. Uh, gotta give it an A+. Plus. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good grade. I can't get any better than that. Um, yeah, this is a this is definitely better than a solid episode. There's a lot of payoff that we've been getting um, gearing towards. I think on a multiple I think fronts we have the payoff with JD, which has been this season long arc of seeing him kind of come out from his shell, maybe start to begin asserting himself and his independence in a way he never did before. Um, you could argue on one hand, it's typical teenage, um, rebellion, uh, however you want to, want to frame it is fine. <laughs> but the point is, you know, he comes on this show initially and he's just, like you said, a Bambi and he's totally under his father's thumb and uh, we've seen him slowly but surely, um, like defrost a little bit, I guess. And <laughs> and uh, you know, he's gone from somebody who barely talked to anybody to starting to kind of become his own person. And so there's there's that payoff that we're beginning to see. Uh, we have the payoff between the the Tyra and Landry front, which is particularly potent because this is a payoff that we've been gearing towards actually for for almost three seasons right so there's that um and then i think the same thing could be said for the matt and julie stuff because their relationship has been going on since a third of the way or so uh in season one um and and though although they've broken up and they've gone back together and things like that, like this whole them getting to the point where they have sex, and of course at some point if that were to happen, we knew Tammy and Eric were going to find out at some point, you know, regardless of how they found out, but they were going to find out at some point, and so we got to see kind of the that that play out and get the payoff uh, from that as well. So uh, I I gotta agree, it's gotta be an A plus for me. I think there really isn't, um, a bad storyline. There isn't, um, there isn't more or less than what's needed. You know, I feel like there's characters that didn't make it in this episode because they simply weren't needed and they had no room to fit them in there. Uh, no more grandma, no grandma Saracen, no, Matt's mother is not in this episode. Uh, yeah, anybody that needs to be in this episode is there. There's no extraneous cast members no extraneous storylines their storyline feels like it's a lot lighter like fluff or anything it's all good stuff like the best stuff this is like the cream at the top uh kind of stuff when it when it comes to um, the best 
that this show has to offer. So it's got to be an A plus for me too. Yeah, totally agree. Definitely deserves that grading. All right. All right, uh, that's it, everybody. It looks like we're done uh, with this episode. We're nearing the end of Season 3. Uh, once we get to the end of Season 3, we'll be taking a week off, I believe. So, And then we'll start back up again after that with Season 4. Uh, but that's, that's still a few weeks away before that happens. So uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Good we'll see you next time. Bye.